the uh, scripture for today, I want to give you a little bit of context because it's a scripture that if you just jump right into, you go, I'm not sure what that is all about. Well, what it's all about is this. We all need something to strive after. We all need something to have an image in front of us of if we could be what we're supposed to be, what would it look like? And this is one of those passages. Here in Colossians, you get this picture of what a community would look like if, in fact, it were vibrantly living the way in which Christ intended God's people to live with each other. So knowing that, I invite you to hear, as John reads these words from Colossians 3, what it could feel like, what it does feel like when the church becomes the church. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into the one body. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Would you join with me now in a word of prayer? Just as every other morning, we enter this day with your grace just being showered upon us, with your mercy and compassion, with words of hope and direction and strength, with compassion for the times when we feel broken, and for a community that will walk with us in our days of dance and our days of weeping. We pray, Lord, today that you'll continue not only to shower those things upon us, but that we'll receive them perhaps a little more attentively. We'll we'll actually yearn for them in a way which allows us to reach out of ourselves and grab them. So however they come to us today, whether it be through the connection with each other, through the reading of Scripture, prayer, song, preaching, whatever it is, may all that we offer to you today be swallowed up by grace and wrapped as a gift for God's people and for the world through God's people. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Every once in a while, my wife, Laura, and I like to go house hunting. We'll drive along, and we'll see some new construction area, and they'll have a a model, you know, that you can walk through. And Laura and I will pull over, and we will walk through the model. Now, you have to understand, of course, all of our life we've lived in church-owned housing, so we've accepted the houses that have been presented to us. And we've, we've been pretty fortunate. We love where we live now, for example. But we haven't had a chance to get our own place. 
And so we walk through places and look at, at what could be and walk out saying, thank God we don't have to buy one of these. We wait till we are 68 to start to buy our first house. Hmm. Well, anyway, we love looking at these things, and it's fun to sort of dream and imagine, well, if you had this, what? Well, one of the things I've noticed in, in our house hunting is the fact that architects are doing radically different things with houses today. Nobody seems to be are building front porches we were looking at a model the other day. You couldn't have got one decent rocker on the front porch. You couldn't have gotten a fairly decent-sized plant on the front porch. Because the assumption is you're not going to spend any time on the front porch. You're going to go to the backyard, to the deck. Because in the backyard, on the deck, you're protected from the world. They won't know when you're there or not. And if they do, we can fix that. We'll to put up a privacy fence. We'll make sure you don't have to be seen by anybody. And it's so different from a bygone world, part of the world that I was raised in, for example. Front porches were the deal, man. That's where you lived. Uh, that's, that's where you hung out. That's where the community gathered. That's where family came together. And while you're out there on the front porch, anybody could stop by. And you know who it was going to be, and it was okay. Hey, come on up and sit and talk and it wasn't like a whole lot of serious stuff happened on the front porch. Oh, we played, we talked, we wiled away the time. Laura remembers uh, growing up as a girl, she would go, she was raised in North Carolina, as you know, and she would drive out into the rural area of North Carolina where her grandparents lived. Every Sunday they would go out and sit on Grandma and Grandpa's front porch and watch the car go by. I mean, sometimes it's pretty relaxed on the front porch. But front porches were community was formed. It's where identity was formed. It's that safe place. It's that place you liked hanging out, and sometimes there would be food and people would bring stuff over, but man, it was just it was just great. It was the place you ran to at night. As the street lights were being dimmed. And when you hear your mama say, you better have your foot on the step when the street lights come on. Well, not everybody was raised on a front porch. But my guess is most of us have had those kinds of places where we would gather with others that were important to us. Now, in Montrose, where I was raised, there are two places of gathering in the community where folks hung out. One was the bakery. You went to the bakery, and there was a group of folks there every day, and every day you would know which group was going to be there. And if you were part of the group and you weren't there, they would either check up on you or they would razz the mess out of you the next time they got together. The other place in Montrose was the bowling alley. We hung out at the bowling alley. Every, Thursday, every Wednesday night and Thursday night, my family was at the bowling alley. And we would go there as kids to hang out because in Montrose, what else are you going to do? You know? <laughs> But it was important to us. We hung out there. You know what? There is no more bowling alley in Montrose. It's gone. The world is changing. Folks still need those places. We need places where we can come together, where we can find a place that's sort of a, a respite from the world, and a place where we can create community, and a place where, well, a place like, a place like Howard Schultz understood 
we needed. Howard Schultz was in Europe and realized they lived differently there. He was in Italy, a place, a country that has 600,000 coffee shops. People spend all their time hanging out in coffee shops. So he came back and he gave us He's the CEO of Starbucks. Anybody been to Starbucks? Anybody been to a support group of those who are addicted to Starbucks? You know, Starbucks does not sell coffee. They sell community. That's why they always build their stores small enough so they never get too large where you don't feel like there's a sense of community. And yes, people come and go. But if you talk to the baristas, they will tell you who's going to be there Tuesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then that congregation will leave and a new congregation will come in. And even if you go sit in Starbucks by yourself to do work, any of you have ever done that? Work in a Starbucks? I have written some of my sermons in Starbucks. You know which ones they are. They're the ones where I'm preaching a lot like this. Because I'm all jacked on caffeine when I'm writing it. But, but even if you're there, you still feel like you're in a, in a safe space, in a community. They just happen to also, while you're there, they're willing to give you a $3 cup of coffee. Why would you buy a $3 cup of coffee when McDonald's will give it to you for a lot less? Because McDonald's doesn't, smell, uh, doesn't sell community. You can argue whether the coffee's any better or not. That'll be your conversation for later. How many of you have ever had those places you gather to? Front porches or or, you know, Baldwin alleys, or whatever. Do you ever have a place you go to that's your place where your gang hangs out? Do you ever, have any of you had those? Take just a second and find the people around you and share very quickly where has been your hangout spot for you and your friends at some point in your life. Do it now. All right, now that you told them, turn around and find some other people to tell. Find someone else to talk to. Share with someone else where your hangout spot was. Do it. You can get up and move if you have to. All right, all right. 
Hopefully you've had those kinds of places. They're very important to us. We, we love them when we have them. We miss them when we have to move away from them. Kathleen Madigan is a comedian that I and Laura very much appreciate. And uh, I can't always use her material in my sermon, but uh, she has a very funny perspective of the world. And, and Kathleen Madigan was talking about the fact she went to a place where for some folks, and for me at various points in my life, has been in my, one of my hand-up places, it's the gym. So she went to the gym to go work out, and she ran into this trainer who was trying to sign her up for things. And this trainer was, oh, I'm so excited you're here. I'm so, so excited. I'm so excited you're here. Oh, please, you're going to have so much fun. And Kathleen was having none of it. Well, we're going to get you signed up. What would you like to do? What are your goals? I have no goals. No, 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 no. You have to have some goals. You have to have some goals. What would you like? No, I have no goals. I'm here to pay $62 a month for a place I'm not going to go to to feel better about myself. That's, that's what I'm doing, okay? You have to understand here, I'm not here on the offense. I'm on the defense. She said, I'm here to pull a fourth quarter pass out of nowhere with the hope that I will be able to delay my soon-to-be-anticipated stroke. That's the only reason I'm here. She said... Oh, no, no, Kelly, you just don't have the right attitude. The gym has to become a fun place for you. No. The gym is not going to be a fun place for me. I'm old enough to know what a fun place for me is. Over the years, for example, I've discovered I have a lot of fun in a bar. I've had a lot of experience having fun in a bar. She said, I've never been thrown out of a gym at closing hour because I didn't want to go home. (laughs) We all want to have those places where we know for a fact this is where we want to be. In the book, Great Good Place by Ray Olderberg, he talks about what these third spaces are like, what their characteristics are. You know, those places where it's not my house, it's not your house, it's not your work, my work, but it's our place. He says they're neutral ground. You come in, the door, it's all neutral. You don't have to be there. No one's going to force you to stay. You're there because you want to be there. It's a leveler. Whoever comes through the door is welcome. Doesn't care. CEO, unemployed, whatever differences you may carry in the door, the fact that you walk in the door, you hang out, that's what it is. We're all here together. Conversation is the main activity. We're just hanging out. It's about relationship is what it's about. It's about connecting, about having some time to hang out with some other people who will actually listen to you, even if it's about stupid stuff. It's easy to find. It's accessible to their life. And every time you find a third space, there are the regulars. You know, you walk in, you know they're going to be there. And that's important because that's sort of your anchor group. You look for them. The mood is playful. Folks are having fun. You know, you can just sit down and enjoy yourself. And for many, it becomes like a home away from home. They would never think about not showing up at their place, whatever that place was. We all want such a place to gather. We need that kind of place to gather. Today is 9-11. Some of us in this room are very clear where we were 15 years ago today, Right? In a way which we will never forget. Some in this room don't even weren't even born. And they have to hear the stories from us. Today we pause to remember all that's true about 9-11. The pain, the sacrifice, the heroism, 
and the fact that it changed all of our world. Do you remember what happened on 9-12 and 9-13 and 9-14? Do you remember how we came together? I mean, it really did not matter what other differences we may have had. We were a we were family. We would have done anything together in the midst of this overwhelming tragedy. It was a powerful feeling. It didn't make up for the pain that caused it, but it was a powerful experience. Fifteen years later, how are we doing with our unity? How are we doing with our feeling of safety? How are we doing with feeling like we're all in this together in the middle of a world which I think feels more dangerous, more divisive, more hateful? No wonder we're scared and hiding in our decks or even now going down in the basement to look at our screens so we don't even talk to each other inside the house. We need this place where the community can be formed, where relationships can happen, where conversations can be held, where people are welcome, whoever they are, whatever they are, come on in. And what I'm here to tell you today that throughout the centuries, when it's been at its best, that's what the church has been. I'm confessional to tell you there are many times that's not what the church has been. The church has been a part of the problem, creating divisiveness. The church has sometimes fallen in love with itself so much, it shut the doors of the restaurant so we could just sort of feed on each other. But when the church has been its best, it brought people from all around the community together to a common place for a common purpose and a common identity. That's what the church was intended to be. That's the description Beth just read to us from Colossians. Man, they all got together. See, that's what I think the church is called to be. That's who we are called to be. We're called to have a front porch faith. We're called to be the kind of people who are hanging out, sharing our faith, sharing conversation. Whoever wants to come up is welcome to come up. Not judge from where they come from or what they brought with them. Just come on up on the porch with us. Man, we're going to hang out. And in hanging out, we're going to be recharged, renewed. We're going to laugh. We're going to learn. We're going to goof off. And then we're going to eventually leave the porch knowing one day we can come back. The church, this church, can be a place where our front porch offers more than even what Starbucks can offer. It's a place where we can come to find rest and some peace and to gather with friends. Sometimes, yes, of course, we always kid about we always have food here. Well, of course we do. You don't go to Starbucks that has no coffee or lemon cake. You have food because... When I'm wanting to share food with you, I'm I'm slowing down enough to actually be with you and to hang out with you. We can grow in our knowledge. We can learn stuff in this front porch faith. We can experience things in this front porch faith and share it with each other and not be laughed at because our experiences are different. Here we can do more than talk about the status of our relationships. Instead of just griping about our kids, we can actually bring our kids and learn how to be better parents and create opportunities for our kids to grow in faith and have other friends who are growing up in faith too. Here, we can not only complain about how stupid our spouse is, we can work on having healthier marriages. Here, we can not only talk about how lonely you are, we can find other people who are willing to become our friends. Here we can not only talk about how the world is 
all gone to hell in a handbasket, we can actually do things to change it. Here, here, literally, here, we feed the hungry. Here, we walk with those who are grieving. Here, we stand with those who are hurting and their families are... Do you remember what it was here in 2008? When the entire community around us was imploding. You know what you did? You became the fastest, largest employment agency in the area. You rallied together. You helped folks create better resumes and find jobs, even for those we had to say goodbye to because they moved to other parts of the country to seek work. Starbucks didn't do that. You did. This is our front porch right here, right now. And we will begin today's making this front porch even bigger. I have this dream. I have this desire. I have this need for worship to become for us a place that we yearn to get to. We want to get there because our friends are there. And we're inviting our friends to come with us. Not because we're trying to build the church, but because we're creating a community of people who find place where they can share faith and grow in witness. And where after worship, they hang around, they drink coffee, they talk, they go to a class. They come early to church. I know this is radical here, but let me try it. They come early to church to get coffee and hang out because it's just that important. And that's not a judgment statement. It's an invitation. Wouldn't it be great if worship and church were such that one day... I'd have to kick you out at closing because you just can't stay any longer. Wouldn't that be fun? Or perhaps more importantly, where the church never ends because it's not defined by the building or by the hour, by the bulletin, but rather by the relationships. We are the church wherever we are, connecting with each other, hanging out with each other, whether it's at Starbucks or Hamlin's or Kroger or fill-in-the-blank. Maybe this could be a place where, where parents connect with each other and figure out how we can help raise each other's kids. Maybe this is a place where families who come who have no other family in the area will bring their children who will discover there are people here who are grandparent types who have no grandchildren in the area, and maybe we can create some kind of connection and a larger sense of family. Maybe we can create a front porch faith where we go to church to help discover that people, whoever they are, are respected as they are for what they come in for. And we're not trying to shape them into a mold to become like us, but to let them become the child that God created them to be and for both of us to grow in that dance and walk. Maybe this can become a front porch faith church where the people that we help out become the people who actually come in and change us and by being a part of us make us a better place. Maybe we can have some regulars who show up all the time. Not for their sake, but for the sake that some Sunday there might be someone who walks in the door and sits next to them. And they just need someone to be their friend. Maybe we can be a front porch kind of church where singles of all ages, young adults, newly married, seniors, men, women, youth, empty nesters, those with broken families, those with little or no family can come here to have a sense that they're not alone in this journey. Where those who are doubters of faith, those who are seeking faith, and those who are strong in faith all come together, and everyone grows in their faith as we talk to each other with respect and dignity. This is a front porch kind of faith that I'm inviting us into. 
where we gather with all of our differences and find that relationships matter more than differences, and the faith that we share gets us in the front door, takes us deeper, and eventually kicks us off the stoop to go back out into the world better equipped. Is it really possible for us to become a front porch kind of faith here? Yeah. The various highs and lows in our life, over the 175s in this community, we've done it here. We've done it in Clarkston. We chose not to move to build somewhere else because this is our home. These are our people, and we're going to serve these people. And then let God take us where God takes us. We're going to build construction very soon. And when we do that, we're creating new portals. We're creating a community center. Do you hear what I We're not creating a gym. We're creating a community center out here because that's going to be one of the ways we ask the community to gather together, including those who might want to find a faith community. We're going to extend the front porch out here into a whole new area of welcome where folks can gather in, get good coffee before worship starts, hang out, and then after worship, hang out again. Because somehow we figured out that matters as much as worship. How do we do it? Well, we're going to take time to be with each other. We're going to seek each other out. We're not going to come in. You know how I'm going to come to church, I'm going to do my church thing, and then I'm going to walk out. No. You're coming into a family. You come hang out with people. You look out for people. You find people to hang out with. And you invite, you invite, you invite, you invite. Everyone's welcome on their front porch. And my God, do you think there aren't a few people out there who need a sense of community? You see, we're not in competition with any other church or any other organization. We're just here offering Christ's work to folks who need community and faith and grace and mercy and hope and strength. There are literally thousands out there waiting for us to be that front porch to them. It's all about relationships. We live in a world hungry for relationships where they can feel trust and a community they can count on. That's what the scripture is that was just read to us. We clothe ourselves with the things that Christ asks us to clothe ourselves with. Compassion and mercy, humility and strength. We, we ask ourselves to be surrounded by grace and love. And we are allowing ourselves to be those people to others. We even learn to do it well enough we can bear with one another. I love that term. Because some days I just have to bear with you. And you just have to bear with me. Amen? That's just what we do. Because some days I'm not at my best and you're not at your best and God is going to make it okay. And we get to start being the kind of people who celebrate with each other, who yearn to be with each other. And I love how it says in here, we're going to sing hymns of psalms to each other. You really don't want me singing a lot to you. I, I know that. But where we're so excited, we just talk and it just comes out of us. This is a front porch faith. And it's my invitation to all of us today to take our opportunity to be a part of that front porch. When we go out on a picnic in just a few minutes, hey now, find people you don't know. Chill with the folks you do know and invite people to join with you in your group. 
Take how precious this is, because in a couple hours, you're going to go back to your homes, and a couple of hours beyond that, you're going to go back to work, and you're going to be out there in the world that's fragmented and scary, and you need to know there's a group here who will pray for you, who loves you, who cares about you, who will listen to your third story toward the fourth time over and over again, and still care about you. This is a front porch faith, and we are a front porch church. And that's good news. Because all of you here, every single one of you are welcome to come on up, hang out, and then get off the stoop and go find others who need a front porch too. Would you join with me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, we don't need to grow for our own sake. We're not looking to do anything other than what we needed someone to do for us once upon a time, create space for us. Create space in the willingness to be talked to, to be noticed, to be loved, to be welcomed, to be included. As grateful as we are to be here, we are even more grateful for the chance we will have in the days to come to welcome others and to see the world change one life at a time. Touch each person here to know they are not walking alone. Help each person in this room right now know that there are brothers and sisters they haven't even met yet who will be praying with them and for them this week. And in the name of Jesus Christ, let us take every barrier off our front porch and let us expand the places where folks can gather be engaged with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray.